Hello and welcome to Reactive's Beyond the Byline podcast. I am Evikiori and this week we are discussing the death of really cheap flights, why are low-fare companies removing their cheap tickets, why are the flight prices rising and how are travelers impacted by all this. The rise of low-cost carriers and the plethora of cheap flights and air ticket deals have typified the past few decades due to an increase in travel movements, with many travelers taking advantage of the low fares and exploring the world more frequently. However, the CEO of Ryanair, Michael O'Leary, announced a while back that the future of cheap flights isn't really bright, and Directive's transport editor, Sean Golden Carroll, explained to us why we see a rise in the prices of air tickets and how the issue is more complex than we expect with several reasons combined leaning to the demise of cheap flights. Well, there are a number of different factors that contribute to uh, the cost of tickets. It's actually, it's quite complicated. Um, It's not merely the cost of fuel. It also has to do with labor costs for the airlines. Um, Airlines also need to recoup the the cost of the aircraft that they purchased um, themselves. And then there are, of course, fuel um, and EU-level taxes placed on airlines at the moment. And um, I imagine that what um, Michael O'Leary is referring to is these EU-level taxes. So there are three kind of big pieces of legislation at the moment that are contributing Um, to the cost of of airline tickets. So one of them is um, sustainable aviation fuels. So um, under EU legislation, airlines will be required to basically refuel at all EU airports with these kind of green jet fuels. And these green jet fuels will be made from advanced uh, biofuels um, and also electrofuels, which are derived from green hydrogen. And this will scale up over time. So it'll be like 1% or 2% in 2025. And then it will reach much higher levels by 2050, between 63% and 85%. Um, so these are available in very small quantities at the moment, these SAFs, these green jet fuels, and they're very expensive. So um, they're, they're going to push up the cost of refueling, essentially. Um, there's also the, the so-called emission trading system. So this is the EU's carbon market. Um, so flights, um, are, this actually already exists where flights are required to pay for their, their carbon uh, emissions, but um, the EU is going to scrap so-called free allowances. So at the moment, basically a lot, um, I think the majority of um, airlines' carbon emissions are actually not covered by the ETS, but this is going to be scrapped. So they're going to have to pay for, for everything. And um, there's also... Uh, a push that all uh, flights should be covered, so not just inter-EU flights. Um, we'll need to see what happens in terms of the agreement. But um, I think airlines have said that, that the ETS alone, that the extra compliance expense will amount to around uh, 6.4 billion euro by 2030. Um, and in 2019, it was less than 1 billion euro. So, so quite an increase. Um, and then finally, there's the so-called... Uh, kerosene tax. Um, So this is essentially taxing fossil fuels that are used in planes. 
ever since the Second World War, kerosene has been untaxed. So this is different to like the petrol or diesel you'd put into your car. Um, the idea was that flying was important to improve connectivity and you know, foster bonds across borders. So they wanted to to allow it to uh, to take off, if you pardon the pun. Um, so what they're proposing now is to actually put a you know put a, a tax onto onto kerosene. Um, and according to airlines, this was this would add about eight euro to the cost of a ticket in 2030, and this will only increase over time. It'll be nine euro thirty in 2035, and this is for a short haul flight. If you're going further within the EU, say a medium haul flight, by 2035, it could add an extra 18 euro 60 to the cost of a ticket. And while airlines have to continuously evaluate their costs in order to survive, there are more costs involved in the rise of uh, ticket prices, such as airport charges and air navigation services, according to the managing director of Airlines for Europe, Thomas Reinhardt. We're also seeing increased costs uh, for the infrastructure we use. Airlines use, of course, airport infrastructure, for instance. Um, and, um, and of course, they're also using airspace, just to name these, these two uh, pieces of infrastructure. As far as airport charges are concerned, we've seen airports increasing um, their charges, also coming um, out of the COVID crisis. And in some cases, it's um, actually by over a third of what the cost used to be. And on the other hand, looking at the air navigation service providers or the NSPs, they are trying to recuperate the losses they've um, they've suffered in 2020 and 21 because obviously there was much less traffic, um, and they're trying to recover that in the next two years uh, with with more than five billion euros a year that airlines have to cough up uh, in addition uh, to what they're already paying. So just to go back to airlines, you know we are constant continuously having to evaluate our costs and fine tune uh, our operations. And I think we can sometimes forget how complex it is to, uh, the running of a flight itself is a very complex process. But according to Thomas, it's not all bad. People are still willing to explore Europe and other destinations. The other positive sign, uh, um, I think, is that people are really willing to fly in Europe. Um, And our members, our airlines have been working very hard to accommodate um, that very steep demand. We've seen this also this summer. Um, and um, as soon as the uh, the COVID crisis was over, so to speak, and and it was still, it was um, uh, people were able to travel. You've you've seen um, a huge uh, demand in in airline tickets. So overall, I, I see it quite positive. Uh, but we have to take into account, of course, the economic circumstances that we are currently living. At the same time, companies are trying to adapt to a changing environment and come up with solutions on how to absorb the high costs. But their challenge is coming up with innovative solutions. I mean, what companies can do is that um, we, we could still see these very cheap flights um, occasionally. I mean, companies are able to essentially undersell um the cost of a flight and they do this often to establish market dominance along a certain route so you know by using sales or maybe at the outset if they launch a new route they could actually offer these very cheap prices and then once they um, have established um, that route then they can you know start to put the prices up um, I mean there's also there's certain amount of leeway in terms of um, negotiating you know labor costs and so on. Um, but I mean, these taxes, once they come in, 
um, they're pretty much set. The airlines are going to have to adhere to them. Uh, so, I mean, I think that the, while they can make some changes and while they can kind of look for, for ways to cut costs and to ways to scale back um, their their expenses, their overheads, um, I, I think it's going to be unlikely that these days of, you know, very, very cheap, you know, 10 euro tickets that they're going to be as common as they were before. And the European Union can play a significant role to ensure that there is healthy competition between the airlines. It's important that the EU overall, working with us, continues to to build uh, and to reinforce the single aviation market because we're not there yet. We weren't there yet in 2019 before the COVID crisis, and we're certainly not there yet after the COVID crisis. And we need to make sure that we have the proper regulation uh, in place uh, to, um, I would say, to uh, to provide for a, a healthy competitive uh, market uh, amongst airlines in Europe. This would really enable uh, European airlines to, to continue to grow, uh, but to grow also sustainably. And also the knock-on effect of that from the passengers would be that ultimately would be good for passengers in terms of ticket prices and connectivity. You're listening to Euroactive Spill the Byline podcast. Subscribe to our podcast newsletter on euroactive.com slash newsletters. And if you want to expand your knowledge in other fields, you can listen to our tech podcast and our agri-food podcast. And if you have any comments or ideas, you can drop a line at podcasts at euroactive.com. And companies are striving to become greener and reduce their emissions, although there is a lot of work to be implemented before the airline companies reach their goals. Companies are definitely seeing ways to cut emissions, uh, as this is demonstrated by the fact that employees themselves uh, want this trend to stay. Says Erin Vera, who is campaigner at Transport and Environment. Many corporate leaders have understood that cutting business travels is an excellent way to reduce corporate emissions in general while at the same time saying, okay, we are greener. Uh, so for example, in the Travel Smart uh, campaign, we just uh, released a survey that showed that most of employees ex- expect like the top executives to set corporate flying reduction targets. So yeah, um, some companies are also showing like willingness to reduce emissions. And this is what we showcase also in the Travel Smart ranking. Uh, in the ranking, we are like, giving a score to 230 uh, companies from the European Union and the United States around the world, according to the corporate travel emissions uh, reduction plans. But in, from these 230 companies, 193 failing to act. So there's a lot to be done in, for the companies to redu- reduce their footprint. The younger generation seems more eager to reduce their personal footprint and cheap flights seem to be outdated to them. There are countless surveys that show that citizens, especially the younger ones, are willing to make some changes in their daily lives to reduce their impact. Um, And we all know that less flying is one of the most effective ways to reduce the personal carbon footprint. Uh, So in general, I'm convinced that there will be understanding uh, for the fact that cheap flight tickets are a thing of the past and that flying that must be priced according to the environmental impact they have. Airlines for Europe are committed to the EU goals of reducing CO2 emissions by investing in sustainable solutions. 
for all of us sustainability, environmental sustainability, and in particular in our sector, reducing CO2 emissions is is the most important thing we're, we're trying to, we're really trying to do. Airlines for Europe a couple of years ago took the initiative of Destination 2050, which is a a roadmap uh, that explains how European um, airlines can get to net zero by 2050. So completely in line with the UN Paris Agreement and the Green Deal. Um, and um, we are, of course, committed to this roadmap. With this roadmap, we are showing the EU, but also also the passengers that we are committed, will continue to invest in new technologies and continue to strive for regulation that actually allows us to further reduce the CO2 emissions. For instance, the single European sky, which we haven't mentioned yet, but with the true single European sky, we can reduce CO2 emissions by up to 10%. So there are a number of, there's a toolbox of things we can do, which was described in Destination 2050, but the European Commission, the institutions need to continue to work with us to make sure that we can, we can do this um, in the most affordable way, uh, in a very realistic way, reducing CO2 emissions and at the same time uh, keep the, um, the, 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 the socioeconomic value of flying to make sure um, that people can continue to fly affordably. So people already today are flying in a very, I would say, sustainable manner. Um, many people may not know about this. Um, the important message is that we continue to invest in sustainability going forward and that people can be sure uh, that uh, going forward, uh, aviation will continue to become greener every day. So, indeed, there is a demise of cheap flight tickets, even though airline companies have been very resilient to the pressure and the high costs. Um, I think it's demonstrated, again, the resilience of the airline sector. So they've responded very quickly to the rebound in amount after COVID-19. This was a no mean, uh, no mean feat and, and, and took a massive collective effort from the airlines uh, and also the other players, by the way. Um, and... Um, we are still in a recovery phase uh, with the traffic. If you look at the A3 airlines, traffic still down uh, to up to 10% compared to the same period in 2019 overall. Um, but we are determined to continue to, to build out the operations um, as clearly there's a very visible demand for a continued air travel across Europe. So um, our, our number, uh, uh, one priority remains really providing a reliable uh, an efficient service to passengers so they can get to their destination safely. That's the most important thing. And it all comes down to travelers and consumers who want to still be able to travel, hoping for greener flights and affordable prices. Flying is something that actually, if you look on a global scale, a very small percentage of people actually engage in. Um, the vast, vast majority, you know, some 90% of people in the world has have never flown on a plane. Um, of course, in Europe, that's that's not the case. So um, it, it's fair to say that cheap flights have really revolutionized how people experience Europe, um, how people understand the continent. And the idea that um, these cheap flights will be taken away I mean, this is this is going to to potentially have an impact. I mean, what the what the Greens say and kind of green-minded people say is that if you look at the the average family who, let's say, goes on holidays in Spain, um, they usually take a flight once a year. 
say. So even if the cost of a flight goes up by 10 euro, um, I mean, it's not a huge amount extra to pay. They'll still be able to afford um, likely an extra 10 euro on a ticket once a year. So there, the point is that it'll actually be people who are frequent flyers who will be hit by this. And the argument is, um, particularly from the Greens, that if you are a frequent flyer, your um, carbon footprint is much greater than, you know, people who fly once a year for a holiday. So therefore, um, it's only fair that you pay more because you pollute more. So, um, yeah, it, it seems that it'll be frequent flyers who will feel this the most. Thank you very much. I am Evikiori, and this was Euractiv's Beyond the Byline podcast. Visit Euractiv for the latest news. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on your favorite podcasting app. This episode was produced by myself with the help of Euractiv's transport editor, Sean Galden Carroll. Thank you for listening. <laughs>